Welcome to the Whole My Ice Coffee Podcast with Elena Sadi and Cindy Felkel. This is crazy, and I just want to tell all our listeners, we are going kind of in a new direction with the Hold My Ice Coffee Podcast, and it really came from a Hold My Ice Coffee moment that I had, where I started realizing um, it was almost like the podcast was running away from me and not... I don't know, like it was taken on a life of its own. And I sat back and pulled back of like, what is it that I want to do? And I realized I was not valuing my story and Elena's anymore. Like I wanted to when I started out and I love, I love sharing people's stories. And anytime somebody comes to us or we meet somebody along the way and we're like, Hey, you should be on our podcast. And they're excited about it. Yeah. Totally. I'm going to do it. Cause I love that. But I also don't want to overlook what God is doing in our lives and that we, this is a platform, platform for us to share that in our hold my ice coffee moments. And, and to be real that, you know, that we're not in Hollywood. <laughs> we're two women recording from our homes and it's not going to always be super polished. It's just real. This is who we are and this is what God has given yeah. us to share, you know, and I'm, you know, and I'm record, I'm editing it on free software. So, you know, it's, I think it's amazing and there's great stuff in there and God has a message for people and I'm excited to share those things, but I want to share them from where we are and who we really are and not try to compare ourselves with other people. And I heard something recently that was super empowering about this. It was compare leads to despair. And, and that's where, that was what my problem was. I just kept trying to be something else and this is who we are and I want to stay authentic. And so it's really been a super big hold my ice coffee moment for me to be like, yeah, I like who I am <laughs> and I like what we're doing. And I, and it's just been empowering and I'm so excited to be continuing to podcast in a more authentic way. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was talking to Cindy and I want her to share. She mentioned the word overshare. If I can say, I want Cindy to overshare because that's <laughs> what I love about her because it's so real and it brings us into real life and it, it shows us that we can acknowledge both the hard parts and the grace. So I'm excited to hear from more of Cindy's perspective and her wisdom and her humor and also from guests that we have, but it's just exciting to see we can embrace who God made us to be. And I love your hold my ice coffee moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel, I feel like it's a, it's such a battle because as soon as I say that, I'm like, am I being arrogant? <laughs> but it's not just about me. It's the things that God is showing me and he's giving me things to share and it's him. It's him at work in me. And I'm, I'm, I'm sharing that with people. Yeah. And I think we need that more than ever to be real with each other because a lot has changed since our last podcast. Uh, we're recording on uh, March 9th, 2020. It's in a time of masks and COVID-19 and social distancing and homeschooling. And uh, it's Easter week. It's Holy Week. And there's incredible suffering in the world and, and yet there's joy. And we wanted to come on and, and say authentically the things that God has put on our heart to say. And we are so excited that you're listening and you're coming on this journey with us because we know you have a lot to say too. Um, one of the things that Cindy has really encouraged me with 
as I have been on my own journey of social distancing and being at home is she's introduced the concept of being kind to ourselves. And she's shared it with me from a book that she's reading. And I really wanted to ask you more about that, Cindy. What is that concept all about? And how did you come upon it? And what is that meaning to you? Well, first of all, let me just tell you how excited I am that you want to hear about it. Because I've been talking about it to my family so much. They're like, oh, gosh, please stop telling <laughs> But I just read this book, Self-Compassion, and it's by Kristen Neff, and I will um, have links to that for you guys. And she has a whole website about this. And a lot of times, as soon as you say self-compassion, people get this idea of like sitting around going, I like me. I'm awesome. You know, and like this like like <laughs> overindulgent kind of idea. And it's not about that at all. It's about just learning to value yourself and be kind to yourself and treat yourself like you would treat a friend. And it sounds like such a simple idea, but it is so empowering. And it's so different from the self-esteem movement because the self-esteem movement is about us comparing ourselves to other people all the time. And because of that self-esteem movement, we have a whole society that believes our value comes from being better than average at something. (laughs) And you can't, we can't all be better than average. And it also devalues people because what if, if I'm comparing, then that means I have to look down on people. But self-compassion just says, I am worthy of compassion because I exist. And I think that goes along with the Bible very Plainly, God said when he created people that they're very good. Everything we see in creation that's good and all the beauty we when we look around, that's good. And people are very good. And obviously we have a sin nature. And I know that makes people bristle when I'm like, people are very good. But we were created to be very good. And we have the image of God in us. So we deserve compassion. And it starts with loving ourselves. And it's very uncomfortable for people because we think of that as being narcissistic. But honestly, self-esteem, that self-esteem movement has made people incredibly narcissistic because that means my value comes from being better than you. But self-compassion says God values us all. And so I can value myself and it teaches me how to value you. And so it's just been, it's just been incredible, like to, to start recognizing that in myself and then giving that to other people. Wow. And I think what you're saying is so true because it could either breed narcissism or great insecurity. Cause if I don't measure up to what someone else is doing, then I'm less than. And how do you, how have you found it playing out in your own life during this, this time of uncertainty? Have you found yourself catching yourself and saying, wait, I, I want to show myself that compassion and kind of sharing that with your family and your kids? How, how has that played out for you? There, there have been so many ways that it, it has just really helped me with the struggle. And first of all, is I've given myself space to be sad. And, and that was something I really feared that because 
I'm pretty open about sharing with people that I struggle a lot with anxiety and depression. And the second I feel myself getting a little bit down, I'm afraid. Like I'm so afraid that I'm going to get to that place because I have been suicidal in my past and I fear it so much because I don't want to do that to my family. So as sometime in my past, when I started to feel sad or discouraged about something, I just immediately shut it down because I didn't want to, didn't want to go there and let that play out. But I gave myself space to just like, this is hard. And being sad about things that I've lost during this time is not wrong or unhealthy. And so one of the things I did was I would sit in the morning and and read my Bible and look out the window and just cry for a while. Like I I miss the people that I was hanging out with. I miss seeing my grandkids three times a week. And it's hard and and it's a loss. So do other people have more loss than me? Yeah, a lot of people do, but my loss is real and I can I need to give myself space to feel that. And then it also empowers me to to share that with other people and to not just keep stuffing that emotion. I felt it and and it passed and I see other things now. But I feel like if you just stuff your sadness and go, no, I don't want to experience that, then it's there all the time and it just pops up. And And I think our stuffed emotions actually do lead us to depression or anxiety because they keep popping up and we didn't deal with them. So that's one way. <laughs> Sit and cry. Absolutely. And as you're talking, I had a, a flash memory of um, even like, you know, a week ago, I was in a hard place and I actually, it was so weird. I didn't want to let myself sleep. And I know that sounds weird, um, but it was almost like I was punishing myself. <laughs> like I didn't, I, I, I was looking up things. I was like reading things. It was like um, a lack of peace. And I didn't want to really go deeper and to say what was happening. And I was talking to one of my friends, Patty, and she said, um, are you going to let your, are you going to let my friend Elena go to sleep? And I was like, maybe and she's like, no, you're going to let, you're going to let my friend Elena go to sleep. And she was talking about me and it was really powerful because I don't treat myself sometimes as I would a friend. I wouldn't say those things about myself and, you know, being a single mom and being the sole person responsible for these, you know, this seven and, and nine, almost 10 year old getting all their work done, me working myself from home. It's, it's a lot. And I always kind of feel behind the curve. Like, why aren't I? sticking to an incredibly new workout routine at the same time? And why aren't I reaching out to 20 people a day? And why do I feel the sadness? It's like when you said that was like this weight was lifted off. And I really felt God just ministering to me when you said that first on the phone. So I just want to thank you for bringing that to us because I believe that's what he wants for us to to have that grace for ourselves that often leads to even more focus on the things that we need to do. If I'm not making myself do this whole new workout routine while sort of, you know, in this quarantine state, I'll have more self-compassion to actually go for a walk, you know, with my mask on, but it will lead Mm -hmm. to self-compassion. Okay. Maybe I fell short of all this, but what can I do? I can go for a walk. I can do some weights at home. So it's a, it's a different uh, perspective coming at it. It's not that condemnation perspective. It's that 
you are loved and maybe you can do something. You know, I, I suffer from a lot of all or nothing thinking and that's, that's kind of gotten me a lot of anxiety in my life. I just love what you shared. I think it's so freeing. And especially now people maybe do feel more isolated. Maybe they've struggled with the same things that you have talked about. And this might be one thing that they can do today to have that self-compassion for themselves. Yeah, it's interesting that you're talking about working out because that's an area where um, they have shown that you can change the amount that you work out just by giving yourself a break when you miss a workout. And they said people that beat themselves up for not for missing a workout will um, never stick with it because because you're you're punishing yourself. Rather than, so why would you do something that's going to lead to you punishing yourself versus, (laughs) yeah. And so, so you, in your mind, you're always like, oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that, you know, but you know that the second you start, you're going to end up beating yourself up versus, hey, I love myself and I'm going to do something to take care of myself. And, and if I miss a workout and that kind of attitude, it's like, oh, you know what, you know, that was something I was doing because I valued myself. I should be better at that, you know, and not I should be, but, but I messed up, you know, I messed out a workout. I'm going to, to do better next time, you know, and just, what would you say to a friend that missed a workout? You wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, well, (laughs) you slack, you're the worst, (laughs) but we say that to ourselves and like, there's no hope for you. And that's what we say to ourselves. And it kind of is just always like, how would you tell a friend, what would you say to a friend? And I even um, made it a little more powerful for me to sit down and just reflect sometimes, what was I beating myself up over? And then praying and and writing as I journaled, Jesus, what would you say to me? And and if you're hearing nothing but negative from God, you're not listening to God because God adores you. And he sent his son to walk through life with you, not to sit there and go, hey, you know, you need to get it together so I can. God adores you. He accepts you and he wants the best for you. He's not looking over your shoulder ready to squish you when you mess up. He's there. He's a friend. He loves you more than you can imagine. So he's not a voice of constant condemnation. Um, And so that's been really powerful to me to just sit and let God love me and write those letters and think about what would Jesus actually say to me, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of incredible and empowering that, you know, he, he gave me these gifts that I've been so worried about what everybody thinks that I was kind of hiding them from the world. And I work out because I want to be able to have stronger lungs and <laughs> have a more resonant voice and things like that because they're important to me. Yeah. But I'm, you know, if I'm having a bad day because I'm sad, I'm not going to beat myself up for not working out. Yeah, Absolutely. What what have you discovered about a gratitude journal? Can I ask? I'm very intrigued so, by that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for asking about that too, because that's one like I might, you know, um, I can normally anything to how we all. <laughs> all right. I don't. And, I didn't mean to well, interrupt you, but like it sounds overwhelming. So can you break it down for us and make it like fun in your Cindy style? 
Yeah. So honestly, I mean, it does sound like, you know, this huge thing that you should do, but I just took an old notebook and I showed a picture of this on the internet, but it's really an old notebook that I was using for Airbnb, which is not happening (laughs) when in the, during the coronavirus. So I just took my old notebook and I wrote gratitude journal on it and I laid it on my bed. And before I go to bed every night, I write down 10 things that I'm thankful for. And And I try to be more specific than like, don't just go, I'm thankful for my family. Like I put like, I'm thankful for my granddaughter and how she likes to sing all the time, you know? And it was just like specifics because when you think about the specifics like that, it actually resets your brain from focusing on the negatives and our brains are wired to focus on negatives because it protects us. And like, I heard the illustration of like, if you go to a lake and there's this beautiful lake and there's a million great things there, but there's an alligator, your mind focuses on the alligator because that's danger. You need to focus on the alligator. You need to notice there's an alligator there because it could eat you. And that's what our brains do to us because it's a protection. But in our day-to-day life, it doesn't protect us. It makes us focus on the negatives. And you can do this simple activity of handwriting just 10 things every day that you're thankful for, and it will reset your focus. And and it was, and the reason I'm kind of obsessed with sharing it with people is because I was really struggling. And I'm not kidding when I say Monday through Thursday, the only reason I got out of bed was because I had caffeine headaches. <laughs> and it was like, I, my head was hurting so bad. I was like, I got to get up and get some coffee. And then once I get coffee, I can't go back to sleep. And that's how I started my day. And I was like, I can't live this way. And um, I read that article and I was like, oh, wow. And the next morning I got up excited because I, right before I went to bed, I had written those things down. And I was actually focused on, I have good things in my life and I'm going to celebrate them. And it, even just throughout my day, I was starting to notice like, Hey, that was good. That's something I like. And it was so empowering. So it doesn't, you know, whatever you want to call it, like, you know, write and adapt it to what works for you. Write it on your refrigerator. If you have, um, like I, I write with chalk marker on my refrigerator, you know, make a poster, whatever, but just, just that something physically writing it helps because you're thinking about it several times as you write it. So, but wherever you want to physically write it, I don't know, graffiti a wall if it helps you <laughs> and paint over <laughs> it after it's over. Like, hey, after we survive this, we're going to paint this wall. But right now we're writing stuff we're thankful on it for. Hey, whatever, <laughs> just, just write stuff. <laughs> so I anyway. love it because it's an activity that kids can get involved in too. I was just thinking my daughters have like a billion little journals all around and I want to get them involved in it too. But what's an example of something that you wrote down that you <laughs> think, can I ask you that you didn't, at the time you're like, this, this is not a good situation. And you wrote that down and maybe that changed your perspective. Um, well, if you, one of the things that I wrote that, I mean, that's a, I don't know, that's not exactly answering your question, but um, I, I reached out to a friend and I was talking about, I don't know what's wrong with me. I swear so much. 
much. <laughs> and I said, and none of, like for years, I never said a, a curse word at right. all. And then when I started, I jumped right to F-bombs. And my my kids were like, Mom, what is wrong with you? Like, that's not, the, like you started out with the queen mother. And um, I have a friend who is, um, we just casually know each other, but we were talking on Zoom and she said, I do the same thing. And she said, it's because we're, we were so conservative and we had all these F-bombs stored up. And when we finally <laughs> let one go, they were, and I was like, and it's a silly thing, but I was so grateful like that just to have that connection that somebody understood, like, I'm not just a horrible person because <laughs> I right. dropped so many F-bombs now. Sorry to my listeners. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm not really trying to, <laughs> honestly, I'm not, um, you know, just get at me, whatever. <laughs> I don't say I'm on my podcast, so. <laughs> but if you come eat with me, you yeah, probably right. hear one. <laughs> you know, but that also goes along with the self-compassion. You can be condemning yourself or that friend gave you that understanding of maybe why this has been going on and gave you that, but also that humor, but that compassion that you then show yourself. I love that. And so, yeah. And oh, another thing, I know this one might be silly to people, but crickets. I wrote down, I love the sound of crickets. It's just what it reminds me of camping. And so when I hear crickets, I'm like, oh, it just like, it's just an emotional sound for me. And I was like, it's such a tiny little thing, but, um, but just what it does for my brain to notice, oh, you know, I hear crickets, you know, and it's just a, it's like a nice little thing, but that's probably my smallest one of like, sorry if people hate crickets. If you get one in your chimney, we might, <laughs> it can also be really annoying, but, but I like them. No, I, and I love what that represents. That represents probably family time, summertime, freedom, vacations, you know, being out in nature and that represents something to you. So I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I, if I was to write, which I do want to start this, my, um, gratitude journal, um, you know, I, I think that what you're saying, it, it doesn't negate the hard things, but it's actually like finding this beautiful piece of sea glass in the midst of this, sometimes a wreckage, you know, or finding this beautiful treasure. Uh, a neighbor of mine, growing up, um, was battling COVID-19 and thankfully he's getting better. He's my parents' age. And I just had this flash of him taking me and my girls, um, who were like three and five at the time to Olive Garden after I got divorced. And he is some per- a person who encouraged me to be more involved in writing and get back into that. Um, after I suffered really personal personally devastating time. And he's such a, a really encourager of our family. And I started kind of reflecting on that. So that would be one of the things I would write down in the journal, but also, you know, I want to give out to the, a shout out to the single moms out there who are working and homeschooling their kids and doing it on their own and may not have breaks. And my part of, of that is just, I'm grateful for you. You know, I know personally some, single moms and being a single mom myself, I I just want to say, you know what, you are the rock stars of all rock stars, superheroes. And um, when I was so uh, just a hot mess, the first day of this homeschooling, I, I 
was noticing my daughter and she was having a blast. My youngest daughter said, best day ever. That's what she said for the first day of homeschooling when they were both sharing my computer that I needed to do work on. She said, best day ever, because she was happy to be with her mom and she got to do school and she got to see her friends over the computer, but she didn't have to miss her mom. You know, she's very much a mom's girl. And I take that with me. And I remember um, this week, even we went out and we picked chrysanthemums. And I hope my daughters remember, you know, picking chrysanthemums and, and my daughter Annabelle going on a bike ride and saying freedom, you know, she's shouting freedom because she loves riding her bike and she's seven. She can't go for a drive. She just, she loves being autonomous on her bike. So she's yelling freedom. Um, we laid on a blanket, of course, away from people looking up at the sun and Gianna just put on some meditative music and we just had a moment where it was like we were in a different place. Annabelle's like, yeah, I think we're in Narnia right now. You know what, baby? Crossed over. So there's some unexpectedly beautiful times and I could go on. I hope they remember eating ice cream sandwiches, watching a movie past bedtime. You know, Gianna's like, I get to do my work in my bed. My dad said, yeah, you're preparing <laughs> for college, you know, you're <laughs> that's how you're going to do your work in college. But there have been so many really blessed moments that we have gotten to have that um, I want to be grateful for them. And yes, in the midst of this scary time. So what you said really had an impact on me. And I'm just really grateful for you sharing that, Cindy. I, I think that, you know, it doesn't have to be this big thing, but we can jot it down. And like our um, our guest, uh, Kelly Hoffman, relationship coach said earlier, what we focus on grows, you know, and she was she was right about that. And you're right about how our brain is trained to notice these things. So I think that's another thing that we can implement even today that could help change our experience. You know, the self-compassion and the gratitude journal. I think those are great. Yeah. And I think the story that you're sharing um, just really points to how hard we are on ourselves. Like we, we have these expectations that are so high um, of like perfection and, and when we're hard on ourselves, we don't, it keeps us from seeing the beauty in every day. Um, and I, I always joke about being the person that's like, lower the bar, <laughs> dare to slack. <laughs> like Elena, like when you tell me about your day, I'm like, good grief, lady. How much do like, you know, I, I slept till nine and went to bed, you know, at nine. <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny. Like, um, we just have such high expectations for ourselves, but if anybody else is doing, especially single moms, like, you know, give yourself a break. I want to hug you all. <laughs> like, good for you. Good for you hanging in there. It's okay if you have those moments where you just need to cry and be overwhelmed. And, you know, I, I've shared this story before, but one of the times that was most impactful to my kids, I used to beat myself up all the time for being, um, like couldn't keep it together all the time. And, and I would, I would cry in front of my kids or something and like, Oh no, I should never do that. And then I told this story before, but when my son was in an argument with his brother and he went and sat down in the corner and pulled out a notebook and a baby, a toddler Bible. And he didn't even know how to read, but he was just like, <laughs> I know this is what mom does when she has breakdowns. So <laughs> this is what I'm doing. And I was like, it was, I felt horrible at the time. I was like, my kid just see me as like this nutcase. That's just always like in the corner crying and <laughs> journaling so she can get through her day. But 
but they knew like moms, like, you know, I was a real person and I had times that it was hard and, and, you know, now they're all grown and having times that are hard. And I showed them, you know what? I had a lot of breakdowns, but I got through and I kept going and it was real. You know, I didn't hide it from them. And so I think I see those skills in them that they, none of them are, you know, having an easy time right now. Um, yeah. It's hard for college students. They lost their whole, like, right. uh, you know, their community. They just lost it all. And, you know, now they're doing college online and all that. So, so they have different struggles, but it's still hard and it's still a loss. And, and my craziness <laughs> in raising them gave them freedom to say, hey, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, we've seen this before and we know we'll get through because we're not nearly <laughs> as crazy as our mom. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's my joke with people all the time. Like, I lower the bar for everybody. Just come on, like, just a minute. We're all, we're all a mess, but, you know, God loves us anyway. You know, um, thinking about self-compassion, it, it, it took a, a post from a friend. Um, she is uh, Dr. Bethany McKinney Fox, and she's a pastor of Beloved Everybody Church in L.A. And she's been my friend for, you know, since 2000. And she posted a prayer for single moms. And she said, you know, Lord, um, please bless them. They're they're working. They're taking care of their kids. They're, they're their teachers. Sometimes they don't get breaks. And as she's writing that, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to feel that compassion for myself. And then she, she's after the prayer posted that she would volunteer to have a, like a FaceTime chat with somebody's kids so a mom could get something else done. And I was almost full on weeping at that because that kind of went a whole step beyond and was a practical way that that might, you know, garner some help for me. Like, you know, Gianna might show her her entire, you know, new sea glass collection and Annabelle might, you know, play dress up for an hour. But that was so powerful. And, you know, I remember even before we had more strict social distancing, you said, you guys can come on over and run around in my yard. You know, just the practical um, examples of help that really humbled me and really made me have more compassion for myself because people like you and Bethany um, showed me that kind of compassion. And sometimes it's the little things. So um just so, you know, grateful for that as well. And I think other people like you, Cindy, can help show us the way to have that compassion. Yeah, thank you. And <laughs> one of the things <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I, um I feel, you know, like I didn't do much, but <laughs> But that's really sweet, and I love what the, that pastor said. Did you say the name of that church was Beloved Everyone? Yes, she wants to come on our podcast. Yeah, she. Um, it's for um, she ministers to people of varying abilities, so people with disabilities uh, participate in the church, just as people who are are fully abled. So that's her passion. Um, and she's written a book about the subject. So they all get, they all get to participate as equal members and be leaders as well. So she's doing now church online. And, um, I I got to talk to her a couple of days ago, so I was really excited and, um, yeah, but that post blew me away. So yeah, beloved everybody and she, and everyone is invited. So maybe, you know, we'll, we'll let people know how they can get, um, associated. Oh yeah, we should put a link. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I love that. I love yeah. that title. I'm like, I want to go to that church. That's Seriously, amazing. right? 
<laughs> it is. It's so great. Uh, yeah, she does a wonderful job of bringing everybody together. And, you know, because there's not a lot of those spaces where both can come together and be and be one, be beloved everybody. I wanted to ask yeah. you, Cindy, what is, how has marriage been like in a time of quarantine? <laughs> and you and Brian have made these videos that are hilarious and you've been blogging up a storm. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, we laugh about it because it actually has really been a, quite a challenge for us because um, it's, I I always joke about Brian and I being so incredibly different and he's tends to be an introvert and I'm an extrovert. And, um, it's always been a challenge when he's at work all day and he comes home and I've been by myself or with kids or whatever. And, or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I talk to him <laughs> and then I'm like, I want to talk for an hour. And he's like, oh, I've been talking all day. Well, um, <laughs> now that he's working from home, it's like, he's talking more during the day. <laughs> And I'm more isolated. And so like those problems that we had before, plus he's in my space, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and he's like disturbing my routine. But also it's just like, um, I have no, almost no outlet, um, to, and I, I just want to go around and hug a bunch of people too. (laughs) I I just want to physically be like in somebody's presence and sit beside somebody (laughs) besides Brian. (laughs) I mean, I love my husband, but, you know, but it's, um, it's kind of been a, um, just a strain for us because, you know, he's exhausted at the end of the day. And then I'm like, I just need somebody to talk to. So we, I just said, you know what, we, let's just do something where we focus on being funny. Um, and so we started coming up with ideas for just making funny videos and hopefully somebody will get something out of them at least laugh at us. I have to tell you a story though. Like if you, if you haven't watched our video, you should go watch the very first one we put out. That's like about an introvert and extrovert. And then, um, my, my kids are adults, you know, and they had not seen the videos. And some of my son's students said, Hey, did you see your mom's video? It's hilarious and all. And he's like, no. And then he watches it and like at the end, it's a little inappropriate. And he's like, oh my gosh. He was like a little horrified that he watched it with a group of people on Zoom. So they pulled it up and watched it. So it's pretty funny. And I don't want to ruin the video for you, but if you watch it, you'll be like, just picture my son watching it with a bunch of college students. Um, so that's pretty funny. Has it brought you guys together to have to laugh together? It does. Um, because yeah, we just need to like it's something that we're doing together, as silly as it is. <laughs> um, but it's something that we can talk about. It, you know, um, I think that my husband is incredibly wise, and I want him to find outlets to share his wisdom with younger people. So hopefully, you know, people, those people that laugh at us will also say, Hey, you know, I bet I feel like I could talk to that guy, you know, <laughs> you know, and if you do just reach out to us and we would love it if people sent us questions and then we made videos about that, like what people really want to know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we make craziness. that available? <laughs> Let's make that available. Can we put your, your, the videos up there and then a way for people to contact you? Yeah. For the videos. 
Well, I say, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I probably can. <laughs> I will try. This will happen. <laughs> yes. We will we're totally going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's do that. Okay. Because they're amazing. And I've heard a sneak peek of some things that are coming up the pipeline. So you're going to want to stay tuned for more videos. <laughs> I love it. I love that Cindy is, is um, showing all her comedic chops because she is so funny and she's sharing that with us. So that is another... Uh, gratitude that's coming out of all this i think i well i love that i have an outlet for i i just think differently about <laughs> a lot of things and i'll and like um there was a thing there's a post going around uh, it was a meme of a, a diy bidet have you seen that Oh my gosh. It's like somebody um put a sprinkler in their backyard <laughs> and they cut the seat out of a lawn chair and like that was a DIY bidet. And like normal people look at that and go, ha ha, that's funny. And I like could not quit thinking about what it would be like if you actually use that. And I posted like all the problems that I saw because I was like, first of all, if you poop on it while it's on, that's gonna be really bad. So I <laughs> Right? And then I was like, and if the person that turns it on for you turns it on too strong, that's going to be really bad. <laughs> and then if you clog, and then if you pooped on it and it was not on, then you could clog it up. And like I'm thinking, like normal people don't think through all that; they just look at that picture and go, "It's funny." But I was like, and then I was like, and what? This would be a reason that we wouldn't like that our neighbors don't want to hang out with us <laughs> if we're doing that in our backyard, you know? And like all of that, like why? Why did that? You know? kind of just stroll past it and stuff i don't know there so like i said there's something seriously messed up in my head like the way i think about things so yeah that's the kind of humor you can find for me and like i i i joke about it being twisted but i actually love it and i think it's funny and i think we need people to make us look at life differently sometimes so that's my gift to you guys (laughs) (laughs) that's right Absolutely. And like the kindness of God can help us to be not only kind to ourselves, but uh, kind to other people. Maybe even, you know, ask God to bring to mind someone who might be struggling. You know, we might be struggling to, to be kind to ourselves and we might have that bandwidth to say, okay, that other person is struggling, that single mom is struggling, that elderly person, um, can I send them a text message? Can I send them an instant message? Can I pick up the phone and call? Can I send something through Instacart? It could be, you know, as simple as a phone call. It could be as simple as an email checking in. You know, there's so many ways that we can show not only compassion to ourselves and using the journal, but also extending that to other people. Um, and you know, because the disciples going into Holy Week, they had plans, right? And the closer they got to the crucifixion and with the crucifixion, they everything fell apart. Their plans fell apart. This is not how we envisioned our April. <laughs> I know it wasn't how I right. envisioned my <laughs> April. And you bring out the point that, um, what do you say? What, what does God bring? He brings the most beautiful things and the hardest things in life. And you made that point. And, um, you know, I, I really want, want to encourage people that, that it was a, not what the disciples planned at all. Yeah, I have been writing um about the book of John and sharing that mm-hmm. on um on Facebook and and on our website too, but it's so powerful to remember this is John's reflections after Jesus was crucified. 
And it gives you just this different perspective on every story because John had seen the destruction of Jerusalem. That beautiful temple where he grew up going to was completely destroyed. And I can't remember the numbers, but tons of Jews were killed. Tons of Jews were taken into slavery during that time. And like they massacred the people in Jerusalem. And then all of the other disciples had been killed at this point. He went through all of that and he starts out the book saying, the light of life has come into the world and the darkness has not overcome it. And I was like, wow, that gives us so much hope to read from that perspective. What did John know about Jesus in the whole story? That's powerful. And that's something that changes everything. And it's not, I'm not totally there, but how do we see that as we're facing whatever's happening right now? How do we know what John knew? And see, like he didn't say there's no darkness. It's not about looking away and say there's no darkness and the light, everything's just great. It's the darkness is there, but the light is still at work. Wow. That's really, really powerful. (laughs) Sorry. I'm being promo for my, read my blog. (laughs) Well, it has everything to do with what's going on right now. It puts things in perspective and that's, that's the word of God that you're breaking down for us. So it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to read your, your blog, which is part of Hold My Ice Coffee. So everyone go out there and read it because it it's really makes a difference in our everyday life. So yeah, um, everybody stay safe, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and we'll hold your iced coffee virtually from six <laughs> feet away. That's right. <laughs>